Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old Mac of Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Colonel, Alex Sanders. To be more like Alex, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show and become an official sponsor today. If you're feeling low, the Joe Marler Show will give you things to talk about. If you're feeling down, then the bearded clown will give you things to talk about. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Muller and this is Tom Fordyce. Joe, it's nice to see you. Yeah. As we walked to the studio today, it was quite clear that spring is in the air. What? Why was that clear? Because it was warm, there was blossom on the trees and there was a smile on everyone's faces. What is your favourite season, Joe? Oh, yeah, good. Off season. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do really like spring. But then I like winter as well because it gets dark and gloomy. You like that? I do, yeah. I do really like dark and gloomy. You know I like dark and gloomy. I just need to not spend all my time in that dark and gloomy place. I also like snuggling up, watching a series, having fires. Not in the in the house, like like outside outside fires. Outdoor fires. Outdoor fires. Summer, yeah, I like summer. Summer's lovely because everyone like gets a nice glow about them. Um, and they're happy when it's sunny. What's it sounds to me like autumn is your least favourite season. What one's that? Before winter. <sighs> Autumn's a bit shit, isn't it? Neither one thing nor the other. Well, what what is it? What is it? What What is it? Tell me what it is. It's transitional, isn't it? Yeah, but what is it? What do you mean? They're all transitional, your tits. Yeah, but it's... Whereas winter is, oh, it's going to be the coldest it will be. And summer is, oh, it'll be the hottest it will be. Autumn just slides you from hot to cold. What's spring then? Slides you from cold to hot. So it's also transitional. It's just <laughs> it the fact that you think of chocolate and lambing. Here's another question, Joe, having asked you what your favourite season is. What is your favourite seasoning? Chinese five spice. I knew it. First of all, what's your favourite season then? Spring every time, Joe. Why? 
Because for me, it's like the Christmas Eve of the seasons in that you haven't burnt through any summer. You've got all the prospects of summer joy, but you haven't got that sinking feeling. You get quite early in summer where you think, this is all finite. Finite? Could be over soon. Talking of finite, do you think like the, the universe goes on? Ooh. In distance terms or? Yeah. Yes. How far do you think it goes? Well, finite. What's your favourite seasoning? <laughs> what are the five spices, since we're questioning each other at, at pace, what are the five spices of the Chinese five spice? Oregano. Mm, doubt it, but yeah. Well, it is. Okay. It's like when they make uh, swans out of paper. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, saffron, turmeric, cayenne pepper, mm-hmm. and chilli powder. Okay. And soy sauce. That's Chinese six spice. Excellent. Um, Joe, we have a guest to get on. Before we do, let's remind our listeners that you can now grow the show on Apple. For a single pound a week, you can get a version of this show without adverts. And, Joe, the episodes are extra long. No. Sometimes, Joe, they're 20 minutes longer, but still loaded, full of the good stuff. You can also, Joe, do the same on Spotify. Simply check the link in the episode description if you are, by contrast, on Apple, look for the button, Joe, that says... Yeah, you, you look for the button that says, grow the show. So, yeah. grow grow it okay. by, by pressing that button. If you want to, we're not forcing you, but if you would like to, press that button, please. Joe, our guest today is a funeral director. I didn't ask. Joe, would you like to welcome an unspecified guest to your podcast? Let's get them on. Our guest today is Fred, and he's a funeral director. Hello, Fred. Hello, Joe. I, I realised I said hello, Fred, and looked at Tom, <laughs> mainly because... Did I say funeral wrong? No, You've got a strange fine. way of saying funeral. I can't do it either. Go on, say funeral. You, funeral. Could also, you could also say undertaker, if that's easier, but that might make you think of the wrestler, but that's also what we're called, funeral director or undertaker. Okay, okay, so we'll go with Fred, the undertaker slash funeral director. But I'm oh, saying if you say... Funeral. I'm you're saying if funeral. you're about saying funeral, undertaker's fine. He didn't mention Paul Bearer in that, and Paul Bearer was his dad in yeah. wrestling. But and he always used to have a pot of ashes with him, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he did. Quite him. dark, actually. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. 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 What um, I'm trying to work out in my head, Paul Bearer. What would that What would that mean? If you bear something, that means to, to carry it, doesn't mm. it? You know, bearing a load or something would be. So maybe it. the first person that died in the world was called Paul. <laughs> or the first FSO was called Paul, and they had a team of Pauls, and they went get the Paul Bearers. So that probably might be it. I want that to be the story. The first one to carry a coffin was called Paul, <laughs> so they called it Paul Bearer, and that's just stuck. If you are a Paul Bearer and your first name is Paul get in touch with us in all the usual social places I like how we've started quite light on are we going to go dark today well on a subject that I was kind of coming into it I was a bit like this one will be it'll be tough you sent me a text on the way down and I sensed a certain amount of concern there is concern there's concern that whenever I think about death or whether whether I talk about death I can feel it already I can feel it in the room obviously no one listening can feel it but already it's like Oh, fuck, the tone's changed. Mm. I'm a little bit nervous that it'll be too doom and gloom. But then doom and gloom is doom and gloom. That's why it's called fucking doom and gloom, isn't it? Is the, it? The, the, the thing is with funerals is it's one of those things which everybody in the world is going to lose somebody, whether it's your mum, your dad, your grandparents, a child. You know, Everybody's going to lose somebody. But it's never talked about. And for us in the profession, we find it difficult because... People don't 
think about it. And then what happens is this big event happens in your life. You're really, really upset because you've lost somebody, but then you don't know what that person wanted. So that's where we've got to use our expertise in guiding them through the process of what they want. Because when my dad first started the business 25 years ago, funerals were very, very basic. They would be at a church, buried in a churchyard. So you'd know you'd be going to the church, the coffin would be taken to the church. We only ever had one coffin, and that would be taken to the church. You'd have a service in the church, and then the person would get buried outside. Whereas nowadays, it's developed into these very big events, and they're, they're getting a bit like weddings, where you can have doves, orders of service, you can have specialist vehicles, you can have coloured coffins. It's getting more and more of these you know, big events for people. Horse and carriage, instead of a normal hearse, you can have a horse and carriage. And it is a big event. And that's why we always say to people is it's better to have that conversation before the person dies. Now, I don't mean, you know, at 21 years old, having a conversation with your son about what's the matter with him. But having a conversation with your mum or your dad, you know, when they're 60 years old and saying, what do you actually want? In the long run, would be very beneficial for people. And it is a difficult thing to talk about. We understand that. But if you have that conversation then, it's a lot easier moving forward because everyone thinks it's going to last forever. Everyone thinks we're going to live to 120 or scientists will make this formula which we'll drink and we'll live forever. But unfortunately, that ain't going to happen. We're all going to die. Sadly, I don't mean to bear a bad news, but there's a high chance that you are going to die. What? <laughs> what, both me and Joe? Fuck. Just to clarify this, both me and Joe are going to die? Yeah. Fuck. Steve, (laughs) you have fucking got a lot to answer for here. You've brought Fred on board, and he's come in, and he's just fucking told me and Tom we're going to die. Thanks, a fucking bundle. What sort of angle's that, you bastard? Where'd we go from... Well, fuck it. Let's just stop there. Should we finish? What's the point, Joe? Because we're going to die. No, it's a a very uh, well-explained answer, that. that Mm. With a lot of things that come with troubles of us as a human race comes with a lack of communication. Rather ignore it, wouldn't you? You'd rather ignore it, you rather dream, and then you end up dreaming up other shit and you're not actually communicating with each other what you want. And then in that moment where all your loved ones are, are going through the darkest time or so much grief, mm. they've still got to fucking try and consider, oh my God, what what would he or she wanted here today? What would they have done? And then you're like, fucking, I wish they'd have told us. Do you know, make it a little bit easier and we could have had a nicer nicer time like actually celebrating the life. Exactly, and that's, and that's the other thing people have issues with is the fact that you have this service to celebrate this person's life, right? And that's a lot of pressure for someone to organise if you don't know what they want. So they're, they're asking you to make a 45-minute or half-an-hour service about all the great things they've done, but you've got no idea what they want. So you've now got to think, oh, what was mum's favourite song? What hymns did mum like? What poems did mum like? Would mum like us telling this story about when she did this? And that, that's, that is a real issue for people because you're put in a situation where you're really upset, but you're also trying to represent that person's life as best as you can. I mean, Joe, we've established that both you and I are going to die. Um, also, Fred, you just so you know, you are as well. I know, just, so we're all in the same yeah, boat Yeah, we're all now. in the same boat. I, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, I agree, yeah. So, Joe, this has got me thinking. Um, hopefully you won't die for many long years, but if you are to die and maybe I'm in some way involved with the funeral um, what oh Why? no maybe you don't get to choose or well, do you, you clearly don't do you if, how can I go how can I right Fred here's my plan for right. the funeral okay. and I don't want X Y and Z to be there you can't unfortunately you can't no, fucking do that unlucky we, we've we've had it before 
what people don't realise is, is like crematorium and churches are public spaces. So you can't stop anyone from attending a funeral. What? So we had a funeral once where um, the family didn't want this person turning up. So they had a, a bouncer on the door, Oof. right? I said to them, look, you can't do this because it's a public place. So anybody can turn up. There's no laws against it. They're like, oh, I didn't care. They're not coming in. Who was the person? Why was he such a beef? I mean, the, the issue you have with things is when people pass away, a lot of stuff about them sometimes counters. I'm not going to comment, but yeah, it was it was something along those lines. And and they um yeah, so they turned up, and then this bouncer was like, you know, he had his little badge on, and he was like, sorry, you're not coming in. A bit like if you try to get in China, works with a pair of trainers on. <laughs> and um, I was stood next to him, and I was like, this is only going to go one way. And they've gone absolutely ballistic, and I'm stood there going, and she's she's going. Oh, you know, you, you help, you help, you get me. And I was like, look, I'm not going to get involved. And then, um, yeah, then, then the old bill rank turned up. Oh, and then... No. To get her in? No, 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 because she, the bouncer touched her, oh. inverted commas. Oh. She rang the old bill, they turned up. And then the family are coming out of the... Because obviously at a crematorium, you've got an entrance and an exit. They're coming out the exit. The bouncer and the, the old bill are chatting. I'm just stood there going, right, okay. Fuck. But yeah, mad, mad occasion that was, yeah. Yeah, it's not often that I'd expect a bouncer to be at a funeral going, no, you're not on the list, you're not coming in. (laughs) However, Tom, (laughs) unfortunately for you, there will be a bouncer at my funeral. Maybe I'm going to come in disguise as Paul Bearer. Well played, (laughs) well played. What have you thought about songs then, Joe, at yours? Adele? Adele's, she's fucking obviously going to... If she's not there singing it live, then my wife will have failed because that will be my last request that... No pressure, Dave. At my funeral, <laughs> so you try and Adele has the, to be there. The loss singing. of your husband, you need to book the biggest star um, in the world to come to East Sussex. Uh, it, yeah, I think it's a tough one, Tom. Not just in terms of songs, but in terms of the questions of what we're talking about. Because I'm more than capable of taking the piss out of absolutely anything, but at the same time, I'm also more than capable of getting really emotional and upset. At the smallest of things, like and even talking, think trying to think of a fucking song for my own funeral. I'm like, oh god, it's making me think of all the other funerals I've been to, and like, oh no, Tom, what have you done to me? Well, so we had had this occasion once where you have funerals either, as I said, in a church or a crematorium, and they also have these woodland halls where you can have them, and it's a woodland burial, and. This is before Spotify or iTunes. Well, like a pagan thing. It's not, it's not like a pagan thing. No, no. It's, it's like, like a barn. A, converted like barn. A wood. Like you go to a wedding in a uh, barn. It's like one of those. Yeah, so it's like that. And um, so we had this celebrant, which is an, a non-religious minister. They're called celebrants. So she, she sorted the music out. The guy was a big Fleetwood Mac fan. Uh, so they're like, we're going to have the chain. The oh, chain coming in. Oh. So I was like, brilliant. She was like, she was like, don't worry, Fred. Keep, keep talking. I've sorted, I've sorted the music ding, out. Ding, ding, I said, ding, 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 no problem at all. Ding, ding, That's fine. Ding, ding, ding. So we're carrying the coffin in and it gets to the bit. It gets to the bit in the song where did. But what she downloaded wasn't the Fleetwood Mac normal version. It was the drum and bass version of that song. As we're carrying the coffin in, that that then goes into some sort of dubstep remix. And you get in the beat, you, and you have to go then, with the bass well, drop, and you're like, and the fucking coffin's just going up and down and, your shoulders. And you're like, dun, 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 dun. And we're all stood there, and what do you do? Because oh, there's no. a there's an eight year old bloke being carried into a chapel, <laughs> and they're playing some sort of dubstep remix of "Beat Back the Chain," and um, yeah, and then we went right, and so I was just like, so we 
went in, had the service. And to be fair to the family, they didn't kick up a fuss about it. They found the funny side of it. But the half an hour of the service was probably the longest half an hour of my life because I was worried that the family going to go ballistic and the poor celebrant, she just didn't really know what to do. And I was like, look, it's fine. Don't worry about it. They were fine with it. But this was, this was before, you know, when you used to download songs off like, you know, the internet and you didn't obviously know what it was. <laughs> that is like the perfect situation for me at a funeral. Like something awkward or something... Icebreaker. Icebreaker. That, exactly. It just makes everyone go, fucking hell. Yeah. And just because everyone's full of grief, everyone's really upset. Well, yeah. I presume everyone. I'm yeah, sure well, there's one or two that are there going, "Fucking thank God that guy's dead." But there's always that emotion and energy in the room that, and something happens. Like if someone farts, for example, their, if someone or farts, phone go, or their phone goes off. A phone goes off, mm. and it's just have a bit of a giggle, and then you can start again. And yeah, I mean that that's the thing, like Joe, like you said, like with funerals on the day, it's very very emotional for everybody. Lucky that family, right? But it could have easily gone the other way, and then. Because there's a lot of emotions involved in funerals, people can get quite angry and then they're looking for somebody to blame for the reason someone passed away and Ooh. then they get very upset and they're like, don't blame you, but you can tell they're taking out their frustration in the situation they're put in on the funeral director or yeah. the celebrant. And that's why sometimes funeral directing can be difficult because you go to somebody's house, so you've got the privilege of going to somebody's house, you knock on their door and you do not know what's going to be behind that door with regards to what the family's going to react. So sometimes you go behind that door and the family are really upset and it's just really, really emotional and they're raw and they, you know, they just can't believe that someone's passed away in their family. And sometimes you go around the house and they're laughing and joking and telling stories about people and it's just where to gauge it from you, you know. And, you know, we're just doing a job for people to look after them in this situation. And this is one of the reasons why I agreed with Steve to come on the podcast was because I think there's a lot of stigma around funeral directing and I think there's a lot of people who think we're very odd people for the job we do, which is just like any other profession. You know, we're just normal people trying to help people at the hardest time of their life. I reckon, Joe, since Freddie's here, there's a lot we can pick his brains on. There's mm. a lot we can all learn from. The mm. first thing I would like to know is what is the best thing, Fred, to say to someone who has just lost a loved one the worst thing to say to somebody is i know exactly how you feel because they'll then turn around and say to you no you fucking don't because you've not lost somebody so the best thing to say to somebody when someone's passed away is to say to them i'm sorry for your loss and then then what you say to them is you know had mum dad been ill for long and then you get in a conversation about the person you know what they did and then talk about them so then they feel relaxed with you there so you're not going in straight away saying right what coffin do you want what flowers do you want you want to you want yeah. yeah you want to have like a, a conversation with them because you want them to feel relaxed and that's why us as a family funeral directors like going around people's houses because you go around the house they're in their living room in their comfortable area and the dog's running around or there's a cat and they're feeling nice and relaxed so we're not putting extra stress on them and and that's the thing you know we want we want them to feel comfortable because as Joe touched on, it's a very, very upsetting thing. But we want you to make choices which would celebrate the person who's passed away. Do they, um, I think it's a traditional Irish thing, is it? You know, a wake. Mm. What's a wake? Is that like when you have... That's after the funeral. So you have the funeral service and okay. the wake's held in, say, a pub, a rugby club, a golf course, and golf club, sorry, not golf course. Golf and course also, yeah, yeah. It's a big old, big old funeral. And one. everyone everyone goes back there and has a few drinks. Okay, so that's and food. I'm thinking of the one where you think they have the coffin in the family home. Yeah, yeah. 
and they have it for the two nights or three nights yeah. before the funeral. That's that's they're all sat around yeah. drinking on it and stuff like that. Does that still happen? Not as much as you think. Yeah, um, but it does happen. It's very Irish. Or they have the coffin into the church beforehand. So what happens is a Catholic tradition is to have the coffin before the funeral in the church before the funeral takes place. Right, so then everyone goes in beforehand. The they have like a mass on the say, for example, the funeral is on a Tuesday. Yeah. So we would take the coffin in five o'clock on the Monday. Yeah. They'd have a short mass. The coffin's left left in state overnight, and then they come back in the morning and have a full service, full funeral service. When my grandpa died, coming from a, an Irish Catholic family, this is exactly what happened, Joe. Really? I remember my mum sent him. I was about thirteen. Do you want to come and? So he was in the bedroom. Do you want to come and see your granddad? And I said no on you the basis. You were 13? Yeah. And you were like, I'm all right. I didn't want to see him because I thought it would be too upsetting. But everyone else was going in there and having a little sit with him. Mm. And what did you do then? You didn't do I it. I didn't, and I've sort of regretted it since. How do you go about actually preserving that body if I, want, if I actually want to see that on a Tuesday, but the funeral's not for another couple of days? So we have in our offices high-tech refrigeration units. So the same they've got in the hospitals. So we've got these high-tech refrigeration, which we keep the, the deceased in. So that's where they're, they're, they're stored. There's like this old wise tale that do this, that and the other. No, what happens is, is the deceased will stay in our refrigeration unit. So that's where they stay until unless they're going on their funeral or they're going out to be viewed by the family. Apart from the clothes that you, you put them in, do you have to dress the corpse in other ways? Do you have to put makeup on them? So we don't normally do that. This is one thing which people say, like, oh, you put makeup on. Unless a family asks us, we wouldn't put makeup on or anything like that. If the family asks us to do it, We'll do it. Like with, like with do you want makeup, Joe? For, I'm just making notes for yours. For me? Yeah. I probably would, actually. How much? Just subtle or showy? Natural. Natural. Natural, just yeah. a bit of... I'll probably have really shit skin. What, what sort of age? I didn't want to mention this. this All right, the, we'll get more into the planning. Let, let's go back to Fred, please. The family will ask us sometimes to have somebody in a specific the head in a certain way or something like that. So we'll look after all of that side of it. But makeup, yeah, it's not something we do. We do a lot. Like it's not really unless a family really asks for it. But you know, we 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 try and steer away from that as well because, <clears throat> to be honest, it doesn't normally sit very well on the people. If that makes sense, like we personally think it's better just to leave people as natural as possible. Embalming, what is it? So yeah, embalming. How do yeah. you go about actually preserving that body? So we d- we don't embalming is something they used to do back in the Victorian times because they didn't have this high tech refrigeration. Right, unit. so it's literally it's, just the fridge that yeah. does it for you. So we do embalm people, but we don't. It's very very rare. So it very rarely happens with the embalming. What what the people majority of people don't be embalmed because it's very intrusive. And also, it's quite expensive. Right. For what it is, it's not. It's not a very nice process. What? How do you embalm if you are to? So what they do is they uh, drain blood. all the blood out of the deceased, and then they put what they call formaldehyde, and that replaces the blood, and that slows down the deterioration process. Do you want this? I'm just making notes throughout this, Joe, for yours. Do I want to be embalmed? There's part of me that, when I think of embalming, I think of Egyptian pharaohs, mm. but the way. Fred's just described it slightly not as fancy as I thought it was going to be. Uh, no, I'm all right. Mark, mark that down. Don't embalm me. Embalm unless it's a traditional, unless you do it traditionally like the Egyptians. As mummy. Tick. Okay, thank yeah. you. Um, what I'm intrigued, and you mentioned it earlier about mm. the stigma that people think most funeral directors or what do we call it? Undertakers, undertakers are weird. They're morbid. They're into the fucking dark side of life. From meeting you already this morning, having chat, you're clearly upbeat, bubbly, mm. up for a laugh. Mm. But 
there must be something in you, apart from being a family-run business, mm. that has to have some sort of emotional cut-off where yeah. you're like, well, I'm dealing with a, I'm dealing yeah. with a dead body. I've, I've not, I've, I'm trying to think. I've never seen, no, I've seen a dead body, two dead bodies in body bags. Okay. So I've never actually seen a human corpse mm. with no life in it. Mm. I've only seen, and that was enough for me to go fucking hell. Like that's just a lifeless corpse yeah. in that bag. There must, you must have to have some sort of yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like it is hard. Like it's not an easy job. Like I'm not saying here that you know there are days when it's tough. You know when you've gone and seen a family and they're they've had a baby and it's sixty minutes old and it dies. You know, and then you're the person entrusted with making sure that baby is looked after and everything's done properly, and they're absolutely gutted. It's hard. It's really hard. And the thing that we always say to our staff is to talk about it because we've all been there. You know, everything which has happened has happened before, unfortunately. And we say to our staff to talk about it. Don't bury your head in the sand. It is tough. There are times when I've arranged funerals and I've, I've gone back to my office and I've started crying to myself because I think that could be me in the fact that this 30-year-old lad was out with his mates and he just had a heart attack and died or he was hit by a bus and that's the thing is life is so precious and people don't realize that sometimes and I understand that but when we work where we work we we value you know we just it's difficult it is difficult but you've just got to work it out and you know speak to people about it don't be afraid to say to somebody I'm struggling with this because we're not robots it's hard but 90% of the time, it's a normal working environment. You know, when we're not on the funerals and we're in the office and we're having our lunch or we're talking about football or we're talking about nights out or we're talking about, you know, we're not constantly on because I think that would be unhealthy. But when it's time to be serious, we are very, very serious because you've got to be. Mm. Because if you turned up on a funeral and the staff were all larking about and not taking it seriously, it's disrespectful. And that's what is the main thing a funeral is about is respect. Mm. And it's respecting that person. How do you not take the day job home? How does that not affect you? So what I do, this is the way I cope with it. So when I go home at six o'clock, half five, I'll take my tie off, I'll put my jacket to one side, I'll put on another coat, which I've worn in, and I get in my car. And to me, that's the job done for the day. That's how I that's how I departmentalise whatever the word is. That's how that's how I compartmentalise. Compartmentalise. That's De-co- what that's, decompress. I thought, that, was, I thought you were going to say decompose. <laughs> decompose. That's the word I thought you were going to come there out you with. Go. So Nailed sorry. That's, that's how. It. What's the word? Compartmentalise or decompress. That's how I decompress. Yeah. At the end of the day, I, you know, and that's that's the end of the day. The thing is, because I'm the owner of the company, what will happen is is at night if someone passes away, my phone will ring. And that's where it's hard for my wife because we've been married for six or seven years, known each other for 12, 13 years. The hard thing for her is, is in the middle of the night, the phone will ring and then I've got to then go into work mode. I've then got to go down to the office, write out what the person, where the person's passed away. Then I have to then speak, ring our on-call team and they will go to the address and they'll bring the person back to our chapel's arrest. So that can be difficult because the phone can ring two or three times in the night. So you've got to go from being fast asleep to work mode at a drop of a hat. But that's the profession we're in. If you're not committed to it, 
you're not going to be any good at it. You've actually got to invest in it but I think, emotionally. Joe, and... I think you'd be really... I, Joe, I honestly think, and I'm not saying that because you're sat opposite me, I think you'd be a really good human director. Because it's talking to people. The actual nuts and bolts of it is to be a good communicator. And I think you, you are a very good communicator. Never in a million years had becoming a funeral director <laughs> or an undertaker that wasn't the one in WWF crossed my mind. Maybe there is life after rugby. Excuse the pun. Wrong yeah. phrase, yeah. Wrong. Maybe there is death after rugby. <laughs> <laughs> that is as bad a choice of phrase as when Fred used the phrase, um, don't bury your head in the sand, which I thought even at the time, Fred, don't use that again <laughs> yeah, when you go yeah, yeah. to visit someone who's yeah. lost a loved one. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a little break to absorb all of that information and actually call Daisy and go, I, I might have found a life slash death after rugby. So let's have a little break. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namon Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. So those were the adverts. Joe, while the adverts uh, were playing, I've had a little look for the songs most requested slash played at funerals. Oh, some research. Okay. Yes. Um, About time you pulled your finger out. I like yeah. it. Um, I see your iPad's empty. So <laughs> I'm going to give you this one. Number one. Oh, I'll tell no. you what, I'll give you artist. You have to give me the song. Go on. Jerry and the Pacemakers. I thought you were going to say Jerry Halliwell then. Jerry Halliwell. With. Jerry and the Pacemakers. Fucking hell, that's not a good choice of artist, is it? <laughs> There's loads of people that die heart attacks. Pace- that's very <laughs> true, yeah. yeah. You'll never walk alone. Nice. Is it? That's number one. Apparently it's number one. In the UK? In the UK. Number two, Frank Sinatra. Fly me to the, the moon. moon. <laughs> me... And now the, the end, end is near. near. And so I face... The final curtain. My final curtain, is isn't it? it? Okay. Sorry. Like, are we doing all ten? The next one, I'm going to give you the top five. Number three is, it goes down as Eric Idle. I'm going to say to you, Monty Python. Always look on the bright side of life. Number 14, a Turner. What's love got to do with it? Got to do with it? Bush, Bush. I'm your private dancer. Bush, tell Nelson me. Mandela. <laughs> Nelson Mandela, is it? <laughs> Fucking hell. That's my gig. <laughs> it's not It's not Tina Turner's private dancer. It is Tina Turner's... Rolling. Roll <laughs> I don't know any other Tina Turner. But sea limits, no? What the fuck? <laughs> Tina Turner's song, you wouldn't say to someone, you're the second... Most impressive person. I, I the know. first most impressive person. You're simply the best. It's <laughs> time to say goodbye on that list. Time to say goodbye. Fred, it is. It's at number six after uh, Sheeran's Supermarket Flowers at five. Time to say goodbye. Bocelli and Brightman. It's with Step Brothers. Yeah. 
no, no, no. I think I'm singing. <laughs> Fred, I needed you with me then. Sorry, Joe, I'm not, I've not got that in Fuck's me, unfortunately. Sake, I don't know any Latin, so that's why I had to do the yeah. humming. I liked it. We, 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 we float between light and dark on this mm. pod. Let's float with the light. What are you having at your funeral, Tom? I did think about this on the train down, Joe. Um, can we assume for the purpose of this discussion I've led a full and happy life? Because if I drop dead on the train the way home, A, it's awkward for Steve's because um, we're in the same table seat, uh, but also it might be sad. Let's say I've lived a full and happy life. It's important that you said it might be sad. It might be sad. You might yeah. be fine with it. You might just leave me at Macclesfield. <laughs> I think, Joe, my instinctive reaction would be to try and cheer everyone up. Free from desire. Free from desire. Are Tommy, you having burial cremation? Oh, why does you have a cremation, they could sing Four Dice on Fire. This is why Fred's got his job. That could work That could work well. Fred, you help me plan my funeral then. So, yes, I'm being cremated. Yeah. Cremation or burial for you, Joe, because I need to note this down on my list. I worry that if I went for a burial... Mm. Big plot. I'm thinking of the pool bearers. I'm thinking of the two mates that I've got. Because how many do you need to so carry... For, for you, Joe, it would be a six. It would be a so, six-man six, So if I've only got two mates... The, we've yeah. got four of my staff will put so their you're, shoulders you're, in them. So there are people so that be, can help carry... Buy some death mates, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've still got shell out for mates, even though I'm dead. <laughs> Fuck's sake. So yeah, it'd be probably about six, six man carry. It's got to be, I'm, I'm assuming this has to be uh, an even number. It's either four or six because of the space. Of the co- you've got to remember a coffin's normally about six foot, six foot two. So if you've got more than six, there's not enough space for people to walk. So it's got to be, it's got to be four's the ideal number, but sometimes we go to six. Do they have to be roughly the same height? On the back, you probably have Mario Toge and... Freddie Stewart, they're pretty oh, tall. Yeah. In the middle, you're probably looking at your underhills and curries. You know, they're they're about that medium height. And at the front, you probably have Jamie George and Luke Cowan Dickey. You know, going down in height order, that's probably or maybe Harry Randall, possibly Randall. <laughs> that's at the a front. Couple. Randall, Randall probably is a in case uh, George cries off. So you probably fit <laughs> Randall in there just in case. There's not a chance in hell I'm going to be remained in that coffin that entire journey. With the with the lads that you've just selected, they're fucking dropping me, mate. Definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely spilling out of that. Have you, out, out of interest, have you ever been involved in something like that? So no, we haven't because because um, you do a top job. No, obviously, I, yeah, I think no, yeah, it does. It, I think it has happened with regards to, but that's more not someone falling through a coffin, but the handles of the coffin coming off and then the coffin slipping off people's shoulders. What you've got to remember is, is obviously majority of the time we carry the coffin. So we're professionals, yeah. we've done it countless times, so we know how to carry a coffin. What we've got to remember is sometimes you have family members say, I want to carry a coffin. And sometimes I think, that's a really bad idea. But we can't say to people, that's a really bad idea. You've got They'll go, no yeah. problem at all, that's fine. But then what happens is, is they turn up on the day and the coffin's quite heavy and then they're struggling and you're like, so then one of our staff will just step in. Right. But majority of times when stuff like that happens it would be mainly because the handles come off I wouldn't see someone falling through a coffin because they're reinforced your heart you must be in your fucking throat though like, yeah, if you always. see someone struggling like oh my Legs god start shaking. oh no we've well, got to get in there quick I would say funerals for us for me as a funeral director can be quite stressful yeah. because the music might go wrong you know the, the photo montage won't work or the web stream won't work I mean when we had Covid that's why it was really difficult for us 
because we're in an industry where we want to give anything to the family. So the family say to us, we want doves. No problem at all. We'll get you doves. We want that to go on the back of a tractor. tractor sorry. We'll sort that out for you. We want a white sparkly coffin. We'll sort that out for you. No problem at all. And then this thing came along called COVID, which no one knew anything about. And then the government were like, right, well, now you can only have 10 people at a funeral. And also, just so you know, if someone passes away with this disease, they're not allowed to come and see them. So we've immediately gone from an industry where we're telling people you can have whatever you want to now saying to people you can't have that. The hardest thing for me in that whole process, I arranged a funeral of a family, a lady who passed away, very popular, very well known in our village. Yeah, there were going to be 300 people on this funeral. This was two weeks before Boris gave his speech. Boris gives his speech. This lady had 10 people at her funeral. She's buried in the churchyard. They had speakers set up, ready for all these people to turn up. And she had 10 family members, a burial, all socially distanced apart. Breaks your heart. It absolutely broke my heart. And I was like, well, I didn't know what to say to the family. And they're, you know, really upset their mum's died. And basically, they've had 10 people st- and they couldn't even give each other a hug or anything. And you think, that is hard. That is really hard to say to somebody, you're going to have this really big party, but now actually you're going to have 10 people there. You know, it's difficult. And the other thing for that was with our staff. My, my staff are brilliant. I love my staff to bits. But I had to stand there and say to them, just so you know, there's this really deadly virus going around. It's killing people. Don't want to get it. It's really, really bad. If you get it, you're going to end up in a ventilator in the hospital. But just so you know, if someone passes away from it in a nursing home or in a hospital, you're going to have to go there and bring them back to our mortuary. And at the beginning, you know, scientists didn't know what it was about. So how would I, a funeral director from the West Country, know the best protocols for my, for my business? And yeah, it was hard. It was hard. And like, it was hard seeing the families because, as I said, you, there was a lot of funerals where there's like no one there and it was just really sad and you just feel really f- sorry for people. It was very uplifting sometimes where we would go to somebody's house and there'd be hundreds of people lying in the streets, clapping the the family through, clapping the hearse. That real community spirit was really good. But it's also heartbreaking. Is everything back to normal completely now? Yeah, we're all back to normal. My my staff, I still advise to wear face coverings in public places because you imagine if we do three funerals a day, that's 15 funerals a week. You do that many a day? Yeah, 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 we do about three funerals a day. Fucking hell, so, you must be stressed out your tits. No, I've got You've got to get staff. through three funerals well, a day. Got, it's not me personally. Our company would do three a right, day. Right, okay. But it's hard. And I know COVID was hard for everybody, and I understand that completely. But there were times where I was a bit like, hmm, you imagine, like, you're expecting 300 people to turn up to the funeral, and there's, you're there with, you know, your family, and all stood two metres apart. It's horrendous. Really bad. Fucking awful. Do you think you'd end up getting 300 people coming to yours? You're quite a popular bloke, aren't you? You're not one of well, these got, characters that upsets people. He's got team in Yoss. They'd all turn up because of Garrett, you know. <laughs> so he'd, he'd have that. That's what's that. And the bus. So they'd all, they, that's probably 10, 12. Fucking hell, we're still a long way short of 300. Brailsford, would he be there? <laughs> no, realistically. No. Oh. The, um, the no, fact, sorry. there's a WhatsApp group uh, that all me and all my cousins are on. And bear in mind that from, so my mum was one of eight kids. Uh, there are 20-something cousins the offspring of the cousins, we, we were now up to over 100 Jesus. on the offspring of the cousins. I think we're on 102. So if I got the whole of the Hull family to come off the Essex marshes and come along, we bumped up a certain amount. Yeah. Your family live on marshes? <laughs> on the Essex marshes. <laughs> what, like? They're subaquatic. <laughs> <laughs> like, subaquatic? <laughs> How um, many are you getting, Joe? 
Oh, it'd be a state funeral. Um, it'd be a state funeral. It'd be like Princess Diana. I'd say no more than 11. Do you want me to be one of the pallbearers? What? No, I want to be burnt. Not burnt. I want to be cremated. I can't. I'm claustrophobic, for starters. Yeah, you'd be dead, but anyway. Yeah. I know, mate. We're meant to be respecting each other's requests okay, here. Okay. Note this down, please. Okay. If I find out, for <laughs> some reason, that it's, it's there's an afterlife, and I find out you fucking shoved me in a coffin and I'm not being put into ashes. Yeah, let me just write this down. Ridiculous. What Ridiculous. About, where would you like to be sprinkled? Based on now and my love for the sea, I'd like to be sprinkled in the sea. But then you go, what's the fucking point in sprinkling me in the sea? Because it's only going to wash up on the fucking thing anyway and make it all frothy. You have to get permission. So you couldn't just turn up at the stoop one day and just chuck them on the pitch before the game. But you could. Well, technically you could do anything, didn't you? Even as a former player? Well, he'd be all right, but I'm talking about Quinn's diehard fans. But what, what I say to people is, if you want them scattered, say, at the beach... If you went down to the beach on, like, a morning in November and you scattered them subtly, that'd be okay. Bank but holiday had, in yeah, August. Yeah, that's the thing. That is the thing, though, Tom. People do that and they don't realise why they get in trouble because they're... Uh, we had someone tell us we're not allowed to do that. I said, well, obviously not because you're, you're scattering someone's remains in a public place. And someone's just slapped a what load of What sort of, of trouble are we getting in for that? Is that a fine or is yeah, it yeah, like a, a fine, yeah, thing yeah. or something? Yeah, maybe a banning order from the area, possibly. Yeah, this is Frank the last it. time you can scatter ashes in this area. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I don't know. You might, you know Asbo, maybe? I'm not it sure. is, I don't know. It is a weird one. It's not a weird one. It's a, an interesting one because you always talk about these different requests. There's mm. people that have yeah. they have ashes put in ink and the ta- a tattoo done. And, oh. Yeah, and they do jewellery as well. Jewellery, yeah. making it in to put it in diamonds fireworks. or something like that. Fireworks. fireworks. So what people send people, it's a new thing. So you send them off to this company and they put them in the firework. He'll come down and do a display for you and like the fireworks. But there was always that thing. How do you know he's using the ashes or whoever they are using the ashes? You go, yeah, I love them. He's fucked them off in the bin and he's just set up a load of fireworks that he's got from the corner shop. Really. So so that that is a question we get asked a lot, Joe, honestly. How from, do you know yeah, that that's yeah, actually... correct. The... So that question gets asked a lot. People ask me that. Or oh, we heard that basically they cremate everybody at the end of the day and all this kind of stuff. If you went to a crematorium, I mean, you're obviously not, but if you went to a, your local crematorium and asked to look around... It's very, very open. They would, they would allow you to go and have a look at how the whole process works. It's really interesting. All the coffins are assigned like a number. That number stays with them from when the service finishes to when you handed the cremated remains back. Would the ashes you get, that also includes the ashes of the coffin, does it? Yeah. So every, the only things which is taken out of the ashes are the metals. So the metal screws, if you had a ring on, for example, if you had a metal ankle... They after they cremate the coffin, they have this magnet type thing which goes over and it takes takes all that stuff out. And then the cremated remains are then put in what they call a cremulator, which is like a tumble dryer, which has got four massive ball bearings in, probably size of grapefruits, and then that fine makes the ashes of fine dust which you get given back to you. Do you know what temperature we'd need to be at for us to I would, but I I think it's about four hundred degrees. And the average person probably takes about an hour and a half to be cremated. An hour and a half? Yeah. That seems a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite a long process. You know, you see the curtains. Have you been yeah. to a, cre- a yeah. cremation? The curtains and the slowly closing and the, the coffin <sighs> going slow. They no. don't light it there and then, you knob. What about that James Bond film where he's in the coffin? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? what no. What? When have you ever been to a cremation and you've, you've seen the... <laughs> Where yeah. does that go? Yeah, so the curtain's shut, as Joe said. 
and then the coffin is taken behind the chapel. That's ah. where they keep the cremators, and then the coffin's then put into the cremator. But one thing people don't know is if you wanted to watch the coffin being cremated, you can watch the crematorium staff put the coffin into the cremator. In okay. some religions, they like to be the last one to touch the coffin. They've reduced it now because of COVID, but before COVID, you'd have like... 15 people back there and they're all trying to be the last person to touch the coffin and as you can imagine it's 400 degrees and you're a bit like (laughs) don't don't get too close to that you know because if you get too close to that then you're going to do yourself some damage hey you play with fire I like it Joe thanks this episode is sponsored by the following whoa Nelly it's Ellie James the mayor of where it's Ken Mayor the Claire Bear Claire Blaco or Blacko can you see him from the trees? It's Jim Wood. A-J-H, it's Andrew John Heath. The long arm of Alistair Blackclaws. The Professor Chris Getty. The Saint Louis Morgan. Young man, there's no need to feel down. It's Ryan, young man. It's Sit Down James. The real Mackay, it's Andy Mackay. Jonathan the Pratt and Nilge von Hinton Reed. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, and grow the show today. What are the strangest requests you've had in terms of... So we've had a lady once recorded her own eulogy before she died, and then she played it during the service. What? I like that, I like that. What? I, what? But she didn't tell anybody she was going to do it. So they just press play during the service. I'm going to ask this question on behalf of Steve. Fucking Did hell. she have a quality mic? <laughs> it was a good recording of it, actually. We've had people... We had people Hang watch... on a minute. She didn't tell anyone? No. But obviously, she told her husband, but none of the congregation knew about it. Right. Her. Just for a second, Tom, you pitch yourself in this church or wherever it is, the crematorium, and I've gone... Do it now. So we're at the... We're at the um... Very sad day Joe's so passed away. My mu- do my music. Funeral music. Free from desire. Fuck's sake. Man. This really got out of hand. Okay. Just do some sad music. Um, and I'm going to basically be the uh, celebrant. Um, and before we go any further, we'd like to play you um, the following short message. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it is me, Joe. I know some of you might think that Nelson Mandela is in attendance at Joe's funeral today. But I am not. I am dead. I am actually Joe. But I am also dead. But I will have you all know I am here with Nelson enjoying our time together and perfecting my impersonation. Um, or I'd be like, Tom... Tom and because no one knows and it's just they, but you know it's my voice everyone's looking around like shit where, where the fuck he's faked it all he's actually at the back of the thing that would scare the fucking life out of me if I was there and that woman mm. just started speaking I'd be like oh I'm not sure about this one mm. but did they find it funny do you think no. they were all very happy with it some things which you might find strange people yeah. you know that's the thing isn't it and it's as, as I said at the very beginning, it's a celebration of that person's life. You know, in Live and Let Die, they have that band, you know, you play yeah. in front of the... Co- they, we've had that on a funeral before. Like a New uh, Orleans marching yeah. band. Yeah, I what? was a bit like, this is a bit mental. But they, yeah, they had, they had like, uh, a New Orleans marching band. But, Fucking but hell. the worst thing for a funeral director is a bagpiper, right? Because... It sounds terrible. Yeah, but also, you've got to walk. So what we do as a funeral director is we walk in front of the hearse. That's mm. called paging. Mm. So you page in front of the hearse. When you get to the crematorium of the church, you walk in front. 
but the family have paid for this bagpiper, so they want him to walk with you. So then you've got to spend 20 minutes listening to some bloke play some out-of-tune bagpipe in your left ear, <laughs> and you're just going, oh, my God. And then you obviously can't say anything, but then he's playing, like, Flower of Scotland on repeat, because he only knew two songs, <laughs> which is like... There's only two songs that yeah, really work yeah. with, with bagpipes. And then, um, yeah, and then, then he was like, oh, do you like bagpipe music? And you're like, not yeah, any, yeah, love it. Yeah, not yeah, any fucking baby. more. <laughs> that, hang on, that's the opening conversational gambit from a bagpipe player. <laughs> Do you like, uh, you like bagpipes? Do you like bagpipes? Yeah, got all the, got all the panpipe music so, listening all the time. Sorry. Walking with, in front of his, his paging. Yeah. And you, it's obviously quite slow and controlled. Yeah. Cyclists. Yeah, I know. you ask, cyclists. <laughs> cyclists are the worst at that because right. I've nearly been hit two or three times by cyclists. Never cars, always cyclists. Oh. And then you go in. What are you doing, mate? And they're like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't realise." Like, "Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm just walking in front of a car because that's just what I'm doing." Doing like Jeff Capes putting the car on my shoulders, like you know, <laughs> it's like, like look on their face, like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, there's a coffin there and there's a black car. What do you think?" Put that down. Hold on. Uh, so Fred's going to do my funeral, just oh, so you good. know. Yeah. Uh, but I want Fred to pull my <laughs> instead of horse and cart, horse and carriage. It's uh, Fred and carriage. Okay. Yeah. Specifically. And he has to dress like Jeff Capes. <laughs> With okay. the black cap. <laughs> okay. What, in the, because this happens to all of us, Fred. You might be walking, you might be driving or on a bike, and you see a hearse coming towards you, and you can see from the cars behind you that it is on the way to the funeral. How should we act? Should we stop? Should we bow our heads? If you're in a car and you're driving towards us, just drive past very slowly. If you're coming towards us. If you're on the side of the road, take a hat off maybe, bow your head. That's fine. If you're behind us, don't overtake the hearse and limousine. The other thing which happens, so you've got the hearse, you've got the limousine, and you come out of a junction, and some belter will be like, I'm not waiting, I'm going. And then they're in between the hearse yeah. and the limousine. Oh, I'm just and picturing in between us. <laughs> yeah, There's a scene yeah, in the in-between. Yeah. They're like in a rush, and he's trying to pull out. And he's like, no, fuck it, go. And Jay, his mate, go, go, go now, it's clear. And it's only clear because they're going so fucking slow. They get, and they're in this yellow fucking Fiat Punto. And he's like... <laughs> Oh, fuck. Yeah. And the people behind, like, fucking get out of the way, get yes, that, 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 that does happen more than you think. Honestly, it does. Like, it does. And people just need to be more aware, would be the word I used to describe it. I've got a couple of other hearse related questions. Yeah. If I could yep. um, find them at you, Fred. Yep. How fast can a hearse go if it has to? So, yeah, they can go pretty fast. We don't normally drive Never fast. Never seen one go fast. We don't normally drive them fast when we've got a coffin on board. Probably. But, that's why then. Yeah, if. They're, if <laughs> But they, um, if there's no coffin on board, we'd probably drive them at, say, 40, 50 miles an hour. They're, the majority of them are converted cars. Oh. So what they'll do is they'll get a, a Bentley or a Jaguar and they'll chop it in half. They'll put an extra second length in it and then change the roof so it's in the hearse, hearse shape. So that's what they do. So the majority of the cars have actually got the same engine as a normal Bentley, Jaguar, Rolls-Royce, etc. So they can go pretty fast. Is the wooden platform, is that hollow? Is it, or is it a storage area? So it's a storage area, but normally that's where we keep like a trolley or what we call uh, webs and stuff, which help us lower coffins into graves. So we call, use it as a bit of a storage area. Has anyone, like when a hearse is at the end of its useful life for a funeral director, do they get purchased by gothic yep. people? Yeah, you can buy them. You can buy them. To be honest, looking at them, it's actually got loads of space. This well, could if actually... a family holiday it would actually be quite because the boot space is. I'm fantastic. looking at I'm looking at a Ford Norwood, yeah. and it's a TDCI modern hearse. There's fucking loads of boot room, obviously, but this one's got seats in the front and the middle, like the, so that's yeah. would fit all the kids, and then we could just put the dogs in the back. 
and then people would always let us out as well, wouldn't they? <laughs> wore a black suit, you could just walk in front. And there's there's get... one way of beating the traffic then, I'll fucking yeah. go for that then. What other strange quests have you had? People turn up in fancy dress sometimes. The, the deceased? No, no, oh, the, right. the, the, okay, the mourners. Yeah. The mourners. People have strange coffins. Like, you can what's get the, coffin... what sort? Of, I thought all coffins were like just bog standard. No, 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 no. You have there's loads of different coffins you can have. Like what? So you can have a cardboard coffin, a wicker coffin. Fucking hell! Can you imagine trying to carry me in a cardboard? And coffin? And you can have coffins. So you have like the standard. I'm wood... just fucking foolish. How's someone getting a cardboard coffin? Well, do they not? You, surely you can't carry them in that. Yeah. But they fall straight through it's it, a, mate. It's got a solid bottom. So, so you can. But what people also can have is like, you can have, it's like a parcel which says this way up. What? <laughs> yeah. So you can literally have anything you want. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You can have whatever you want. White coffins, sparkly coffins, you can have anything. On average, how much is a funeral going to cost someone? So if you use an independent funeral director, which is a family run funeral director, yeah. which we, we are, should, is that yeah, that's it? saying you should. You're encouraged because yeah. you've obviously yeah. told us why you're so good at yeah, it. Anyway, that, yeah, they're, they're about for a funeral, for a cremation, hearse, standard veneered oak coffin, bearers, flowers, orders of service, about four and a half thousand pounds. Are you charging a little bit extra because I'm asking you to pull it yourself? No, no, I wouldn't charge any extra. Oh, you do it for free? But as long as... Can you get that written down? <laughs> it's getting, it's contract. Yeah. That, so that, four, you're looking at about four and a half, four five and a half thousand pounds, yeah. Um, if, let's say, when Joe passes eventually, he has spent most of his money, Fred, I need to knock off a grand from the total. Where your can bar, I make my savings? Barter- oh, sorry. Yeah. So if you don't have a limousine, a lesser coffin, etc., that's that's where you can save some money. You know, so the cheapest option is the cardboard coffin. I'm guessing. I wouldn't say that. I would. Oh. I wouldn't suggest anyone having a cardboard coffin. We stock them because people want them. But I would. I always advise my family not to have them because, as you said, Joe, they're not very sturdy. Not the bottoms, but the sides. So oh. that's why, and they also creak a bit, God. which I don't think is appropriate. Right. So I'm not going to make the savings on the. In fact, Fred, I'm going to give Joe a treat. I'm going to give Joe a proper send off. If I double that, if I'm willing to go up to eight. To see Joe off in style, mm. where would I be best off spending my money? Cars for Joe's family. That was for one limousine, so you could have four or five limousines. I ain't got fucking hell. How big's my family? Are they having a car Children, each? They're having a car each. Children, partners, cousins, Quinn support staff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, um, and flowers. More flowers. Yeah. I like a flower, actually. Mm. Surely you need to know a little bit about flowers, don't well, you? I don't know too much about it. But people like the letters. So that's what people, a lot of people have, like mum or grandma. So I was up at the crematorium a couple of weeks ago and someone had dickhead. In <laughs> <laughs> how, much, how much did it cost me to get a dickhead? Well, what do you because... mean someone had dickhead in flowers? <laughs> yeah, letters, yeah, dickhead. <laughs> but yeah, that's what, that's what they wanted, that's what they got, so to speak. How much did the doves cost me? Oh, the dove man, he's, he's on a good one, the dove man, because he charges... 250 for the first dove, and then £50 for the second dove, okay, and then £30 for every dove after. So if you want three doves, it's costing you like 300 notes. This first dove better be fucking <laughs> nuts. Do you know what I mean? This dove, like massive chest, like the nicest feathers going. What's his coo like? <laughs> the dove from above. Cool. All you have to do is Iranu, and it comes flying back to you. That's what I want from that. 250 quid for a fucking bird to show off its wings. Does the dove man, right, does he lose all those doves or has he trained them? Are they homing doves? Homing doves. What? They flow back to him. Why are we not in the dove man business, Joe? Well, I think we will be after this. My final question for you, Fred, is have you planned your own funeral? 
And if you have, talk us through it. I, I haven't planned my own <gasps> funeral. You've just sat here and yeah. told us to plan our funerals I appropriately. I, I hate to break it to you, you're going to die. I have got an idea in my head what I want. Talk us through it, come on, let's brainstorm it. So, I'd like to be buried with my wife in our local church. What, which is she's a, still alive? Yeah. Yeah, well, a grave dug for two people. So both of us can go in together. So uh, that's, what, that's what we'd want. I thought it might have been a case of, look, love, sorry. Romeo and Juliet. If I'm going, you'll come with me, even yeah. if you've got another 20 years. Yeah. Okay, fine. No, yeah, that'd be nice. Nice service at our local church. And then uh, a wake at the local pub. Would you get mates rates? Hopefully. Because hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully my family will be still running the business. So hopefully when I die, I won't have to pay for it. But you never know. We might sell out. But hopefully I won't have to pay. This has been brilliant. It's been brilliant because... My concerns about coming into it and thinking it's going to be quite heavy and the, mm. the way you've come across, the way you've spoken about those bits and bobs mm. has been brilliant. Thanks. You've spoken so openly and honestly about it that, like you said, you've, you said first off, me and Tom are dying. We're going to die. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah, sorry. That, sorry is, that, that is a matter of fact. Yeah. At some point, we're all going to die. So why the fuck would we avoid mm. talking about these things? Mm. In the same way we've spoken about mental health in the past. Why mm. do, the, the issue comes when you're not communicating with these things. Correct. And the more you openly talk about the darker things in life, the more comfortable you are about it. It's not disrespectful. I'm sure there'll be times, there'll be people that listen to this and they'll complain that at times we might might have come across as disrespectful talking about the death, but the the intention and the no. context isn't disrespectful. And, that, and that's, like I said, Joe, like, all, like with funerals and stuff, they are hard. We understand that. All we want to do is respect people mm. and also respect the person who's passed away mm. because we just want their wishes. Because it's a hard time. We understand that. Mm. It's really hard. Fred, it's been brilliant having you on. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. I've had a great laugh, but also really enjoyed your company. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, mate. Joe, I'll be honest with you. I thought he was a lovely guest, but also, and possibly more importantly, a very lovely human being. Yeah, I really enjoyed him. I loved the way that he spoke passionately about how important it. Like, it's not just a job. Obviously, it's a family business he's done, but he's he properly buys into it. He said, "Whatever they want for whatever service they're trying to have, and him, we will accommodate everything." Oh, he's just really nice. I like the way he spoke about it, and obviously trying to change the sort of stigma or stereotype of stiff funeral directors. I shouldn't have used stiff. That was such a bad word. <laughs> no, but you did so well because you used the word stigma and stereotype and I felt this great glow of pride and then you fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again. Well, if you enjoyed that as much as Joe and I did and you would like to support the show, you can now subscribe on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. Search for, guess what, Joe Marler Show. For a single pound a week, you can get bonus content, ad-free episodes, and you'll be growing the show at the same time. Yeah, and if you want to get some merchandise, also known as merch, ridiculous that I have to call it that, you can go to joemarler.co.uk forward slash shop, and you can order your bits and bobs today. Superb, Joe. If you would like another podcast to listen to before Joe and I are back together in a week's time, let us recommend... This is the documentary series about the people of the internet. They did show a sensational series about Wikipedia. There is another one out now all about Reddit. So if you think the internet is this weird, anonymous, faceless place, think again, my friends. Search for .com and get to know the people behind the screens. 
Right, who's on next week's show, please? Joe, it is a fashion designer. Well, what the fuck are they going to say about me and you? Well, you. Pardon? And that's the sort of bitchy chat that I expect. See you then. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.